Want to navigate your way from book idea to bestseller and beyond? You're in the right place. Listen in for interviews with industry experts and inspiring authors who are making their mark in the world of independent publishing. Get ready for down-to-earth, actionable advice and insights from those who know the business best. Welcome to the She Gets Published podcast. Here's your host, best-selling author, transformational book coach, and indie publishing mentor, Lynette Pottle. Welcome back to the show. You are in for a treat today. <laughs> I know I say that a lot, but let's be real. Our guests are amazing, right? This week's guest definitely fits that description. Meeting her was one of the unexpected gifts of launching my granddaughter's book, one that I'm incredibly grateful for. She's someone who, although she had access to a traditional publishing path, chose to go the professional self-publishing route. I'm excited for you to meet her, but first, a quick reminder about our book giveaway, which includes a copy of today's guest book, Magic Blue Rocks, The Secret to Doing Anything. And trust me, you want a copy of this book. You can find all the details on our Instagram page at She Gets Published. Now, I'm happy to introduce you to April Sprints. What I can tell you for sure is you'll be impacted not only by her words and wisdom, but by her infectious energy. April's career has spanned the Air Force, corporate America, and her own firm, Driven Outcomes, where she works with companies globally. Her work has generated over a billion dollars in additional revenue using principles she created known as the generosity culture. She also hosts her own podcast, which I highly recommend, Winning Mindset Mastery. I'm actually going to leave a link in the show notes, so be sure to go over and subscribe. I know you're going to love it. Okay, wait no longer. It's time to meet April. Let's go. April, I am incredibly excited to have you on the show today. So much I want to talk to you about. And to introduce people not only to the magic blue rocks, but also <laughs> to talk about how you got through that process and made decisions that you made really smart decisions with your book and kind of what your thought process was. But first is welcome. Oh, thank you. I am thrilled to be here. So as everyone heard with your introduction, you are someone that has a really strong background. You have a lot of corporate background. You're a high figure earner. You've been broadcasting. Yet when it was time to publish your book, you chose to go a self-publishing route. And I'm sure that probably more than one eyebrow was raised as you had conversations with people about why did you make that choice? You probably had opportunities to go a more traditional route. So I'd love to dig into that a little bit if you're willing to have that conversation. Yeah, 100%. So it's interesting because looking back, I had always thought I would go the traditional publishing route because there was a little bit of ego in it, honestly. Like they sure. picked you and then you have the opportunity to work with those kinds of folks that have been doing it for years and they can help you. But the more I investigated it when I wanted to write my book, and this was in 2020, and someone really inspired me to share these stories because they said it would really help others. I was very naive about the timelines 
and what kind of a process it was. And also, I was not aware until I did the research, how little say so you had in what the book looked like ultimately. And then also from the financial standpoint, you really had a a long time to do your earn out. And then you were never earning as much from a book as I think that people who haven't published or haven't been in the publishing world understand, right? I have a good friend, John David Mann, who is the co-author of a a lot of fantastic books, one of which being The Go-Giver, which has sold over a million copies. And he's like, basically, it's a buck a book. That's, That's what you do in the traditional publishing world. So when all of those things combined, the one that got me the most was the two-year timeline. I was like, two years? I'm going to write this book in two weeks, which a little naive on my part again, right? But anyone who knows my background and knows what I do in the business world, I'm all about accelerating things and how do we get the results the most quickly? So then I just started investigating, okay, who will help you self-publish who has that same traditional publishing background? And when I found someone so I could have an editor access to publishing a book that looked and felt just the same as one that was traditionally published, that to me was a much better fit because I had more control over the message. I could get it out in the marketplace much more quickly. I could release both the hardcover book and the audio book on the same day, which apparently isn't done. But I thought that was important that however you wanted to read it, the ebook, the the in-person book or listening to it, you were able to do that. So that flexibility is what ultimately sold me. And one of the things that you pointed out there that I think is so important is a well done, if it's a professionally self-published book, you would hold that up against any other book and you would never know that that was Mm self-published. And certainly for anyone that's watching the video as they can see the book or hold your book once they purchase it, they would never guess that this was self-published. It is so classy, so well done. Um, It's just not obvious, nor should it be. So great decisions on your part there. Thank you. And I think too, it's a little bit of a misnomer that a self-published book means it's a bad book. I have read a lot of traditional, traditionally published <laughs> books that were not what I was expecting. And and I've written or, or read self-published books that were the same, but that isn't really what gets the decision made. And I think that's where people get confused. What really gets the decision made is what kind of a platform, i.e. following, does that person have? And how well do we think it's going to sell? Because ultimately, book publishing is a business. So it's not so much about the quality of the book. It's more about what a publisher feels like is popular, they can sell right now. And if that doesn't suit your message, I feel like you can waste a lot of time not getting that out there in the world and helping the people who need your help by trying to conform to what's popular in or relevant in publishing right this moment. Absolutely. And the the personal judgment, I think, I, and I have a lot of friends that have shopped their books to, to uh, traditional publishers. And part of that process, well, it takes a lot of grit, <laughs> number one, of course, but part of yeah. that process is also getting a tough skin around the fact of it can feel like personal judgment about the book when in fact it has nothing to do with the book. It has mm-hmm. to do with they have very limited um, number of books they work with each year. What happens to be hot right now? What other authors did they have in the pipeline that might be similar to your book? There's so many other things that factor into that. Mm-hmm. And so taking that ownership to say, my message is important enough that this can't wait two years or it can't wait until 
a publisher decides they're going to pick it up. It's too important. And it feels like the Mm -hmm. message in your book, one of the things I want to say just from a personal level on your book, what I love about it is it is small and mighty, number one. Right. It doesn't. I am a fan of a short book. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that because it's so well done. And sometimes it can feel like more is better when that's certainly not the case. So this is small and mighty, number one, that I love. And it really proves the point that more isn't better and that it's also very personal and relatable. You know, I'm shaking my head. One of the stories that you share in the beginning, I mean, you had me hooked for sure because the commonality, you tell a very personal story about being six years old and a classmate calling you poor. And Mm -hmm. for me, that landed immediately because what we have in common, I wasn't six years old, I was in sixth grade, but it was also over a pair of pants that that conversation (laughs) took place, right? Um, So I think, having that personal, like you have a really important message that's in there, but it starts by sharing that personal story. That's where you start and you have done that so well. So I just wanted to call that out because I think for all authors out there, aspiring authors, I think that is something to really take note of. Thank you. For me with Magic Blue Rocks, what was important is I wanted to write the book that I wanted to read when I was that kid that says these are all the things that the people around you might be saying are impossible, whether it's because they don't think they could do it or because they don't have exposure to the kind of dreams that you are wanting to live. But it is possible. Here's someone saying it can be done and also showing you, by the way, that they're not special. They're not smarter. They're not more well-connected or any of these things. And they were able to do it. Therefore, it's available and completely possible for you. I was always searching for that book when I was a kid and I I was blessed with great mentors who said those things, but I was always looking for a path that somebody else had gone on before. Yeah. Well, it's certainly inspiring. It's a quick read. Definitely um, recommend everyone grab a copy or five. It's a beautiful gift. I've given it as a gift as well. So um, one of the things that I would love Mm -hmm. to talk about further is how so you, you go through this process, you self-publish, you make that decision, you have something you can be really proud of. And then what happens? Like what happened after the release for you? What did that feel like? What did that look like? So you see me laughing because I love looking back at this and it was only about two years ago, but it feels like a lifetime ago. So I'm just going to be hundred percent candid with all your listeners. I wrote a book for people to read. And then when it was published, was terrified that people might actually read it yes. and what might they say when they read it. Maybe it wasn't good. I had no idea. So I found myself in that place that I think a lot of first-time authors may also find themselves. But if you are at this place, just know I was definitely there where I didn't want to talk about my book. I didn't want to publicize it. I didn't want to promote it. I felt like I was asking someone to do me a favor. If I talked about the book or talked about them reading it. And it was so interesting because I had been a part of being a launch team with other folks for a variety of books. And I knew how much I liked that. And I knew how I was so excited to read a new book. But you all come, you, you always come up against new challenges when you do new things. And for the first several months, I would not do a thing, Lynette, to, to promote my book. So the promotion that I got, thank goodness for kind and, and nice people, <laughs> was all from other people who posted about it or talked about it. I would go on to podcasts and talk 
about business things and they'd be like, don't you have a book? And I'm like, oh yeah. So here's the thing. And having gone that path, the one thing that I can tell people is that the book that you're writing is going to help people in such a big way that you owe it to them to tell them about it. It's up to them if they want to go get it or not. You're not asking a favor or anything like that, but you've got to be willing to step outside your comfort zone. And if you're the person who's normally always helping others, ask them to take a look at it, to learn about it. The other thing that in hindsight I would have done differently is I both as a reader didn't understand the power and necessity of reviews, nor did I understand as an author. And when I go on to publish books in the future, I will say at the very end of the book, if you found value in this, I would love it if you would leave a review. I would ask more people to say that they loved it in a review because we're now in a culture where that's how people decide whether or not they want something. Did other people find value in it? And I love thinking back to that time period because there were so many people who told me the things that were important. And looking back, I know they said it and it just right over my head. Like, oh no, I don't think we should talk about the book right now. We'll do that later. You're listening to the She Gets Published podcast with Lynette Pottle. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe. Yeah, it's so interesting because, and I think no one is really immune to that when you are sharing personal stories of what you think the experience is going to be like on publication day, on launch day, and what it actually is because imposter syndrome shows up. Um, maybe oh, it showed yes. up along the way, but on is there something about launch day that really amplifies that? So there, there are a lot of mindset things to work through to prepare you, I think, for that mm-hmm. strong launch. And continuing to promote the book because it's not like a one and done kind of thing, right? Oh, well, and it it goes on forever. And I think that's another interesting thing about publishing in any realm. A lot of folks, when you're a first-time author, have the thought of, okay, I've written it. It's out there. We're good. No, that's just the very beginning. That's now, now you're starting the run. Like you've prepared for the race. Now you're doing the race and it's a marathon. I mentioned John David Mann earlier. His co-author, Bob Berg, is a good friend of mine as well. And he daily promotes the book that they wrote together well over a decade ago. And it, like I said, has sold over a million copies. And that's part of the reason because 12 years later, they are still talking about it. They are still sharing it with people who get tremendous value from it, but would never have heard of it if they were not talking about it. And this is long after, you know, the publisher's not doing, they were traditionally published, but they're not doing a push anymore, right? right? There's not a marketing budget for this book, but because the authors are really good about going out into the world and sharing it, so many more people are getting that value. And I say it that way, getting that value on purpose, because again, I think as a first time author, you might forget that what you're putting down on paper is helping people. You know something other people don't know. You can guide them through a process that they need help with, or you can share some kind of inspiration. It's actually a gift. And so you should feel encouraged that you're sharing that with the world and continuing to tell the world it's out there is super helpful. Yes. You know, that's really interesting that you shared that about Bob and our listeners probably know Bob Berg from The Go-Giver and all of his series of books. Mm-hmm. Um, but 10 years later, to still be talking about oh, the book, yeah. like that is commitment to 
it isn't about a book sale. That is commitment mm-hmm. to the message. That is commitment to the impact, to the movement. Absolutely. I have literally been in his home as he is answering questions about the book on social media. He will still answer people personally. And he has such a huge following. I don't know how he does it. And he's like, I need to answer this. I asked a question. <laughs> <laughs> well, and clearly has passion for for that. And I think that's one of the things when we're selecting what we're writing about is, yes, it's it's to be of service and we want to serve our audience with what they want to read. But we have to be passionate about that topic. It isn't just about mm-hmm. putting something else out into the world. There are plenty of books. It's like put your heart, your passion um, into that book. That's what the world needs is that. Oh, and I I so agree. I want to second that just very quickly, because if you're passionate about it, so is someone else, right? If you really care about this, there's someone who's waiting for that book, even more so than, oh, what do people want to read? Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to circle back before we move on to highlight that piece about, you know, there's so much work that goes into preparing the book and getting it ready to publish and launch. I mean, it's a lot of work. Even when you have a, you know, a team of people that you hire to work with, it's still a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yet it really is just the beginning. And I think sometimes that I share that a lot, not to scare people off from the process, but to create an expectation around what the experience will be like, because every stage offers something is learning and growth. And also Mm -hmm. we have to be prepared for, we've done all of this work for a reason and it's to get it into readers' hands. So the promotion phase, that just continues on and on. So getting yourself in that mindset, I think is really critical. And speaking of mindset, and and I'm wondering a little bit, so you've shared about your process and why you chose, but for the person that's listening right now, someone in the She Gets Published community that's listening and is still feeling a little bit like, I'm not sure, like there's hybrid publishers, there's self-publishing, there's traditional publishing. Can you share maybe one or two things, questions that might help them that were helpful to you in guiding you in your decision, specific, actionable things that they can take away and and sit down and journal on it and think, okay, what is going to be the best decision for me at this time? Mm -hmm. So the first question to me again is timing. How quickly do you need your book? If you're, for example, a speaker and you want that to be part of your speaking engagements, can you wait that longer period of time that it would take to do the traditional route? Or do you want something that's really good and valuable and part of your purpose and what you're speaking about more quickly? That's a big question. The other question is, and this is certainly nothing at all against traditional publishers, but do you want someone who's focused on getting your message out and your growth and development for your book? If you go the self-publishing route and go with someone who can help you do it, that's what they're going to do. They're going to guide and mentor and really help you. I became a better writer in that process. I'm not certain in the traditional world that there are certainly going to be people who are absolutely going to help you and help you grow. At the same time, again, their focus is going to be how do we create a successful book that works for our market? So it's just a different vantage point. What is most important to you? And then the third one is, do you plan to continue to write? 
because if you plan to continue to write and you think that you will make money from that continuing to write, because the more books you write, the more you sell overall. And and that's proven time and time again. If you go the self-publishing route, you will, from an economic standpoint, break even much faster on your investment. And you will end up ultimately, in many cases, making more, especially if you already have an established following, an established platform, or a community of people who are already familiar with you. Yeah, great considerations. I love that. Thanks for sharing those. And speaking is something that I know that you do a lot of in different forums and different um, methods. But I'm guessing because the book may have been a consideration in, in your speaking career and things like that. Do you have any hints, tips, um, advice for someone that has a, a, a new author, has a book, and how they translate that into supporting a speaking career or helping them get on the speaking circuit or really just leveraging the book in the speaking world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that's wonderful is a book does help with establishing your credibility, especially if what you're speaking about directly ties into your book. What I have also found is as someone who was established in speaking beforehand, the book became this other topic that I could support what I was doing from a speaking perspective. Financially, what becomes a a great thing and a great negotiation tool, because I, I hate for budgets to get in the way of working with great people. So sometimes maybe people don't have the budget for what your normal speaking fee is, but they have different pots of money that they pull things from for their event or for their teams. And you can certainly use the book as, okay, if you want to do a book buy of say 150 to 500 books, and then the speaking fee can be this. And that can be something that if you coordinate that with your launch, to be fair, I did not think of this before I launched, so (laughs) learn from my mistakes. You can really boost the early sales of your books by having different folks do book buys as part of your speaking career. And I have seen that be, that's something that I've I've loved doing since, even though I didn't do it in the very beginning. And I have seen that do amazing things for book sales for friends who have published their books, both traditionally and non-traditionally since then. Yes. Great tip. And I actually was able to use that just a week ago in booking. There was an organization I really wanted to be able to support. (laughs) And that was, you know, their budget was a meager budget. And that was how Mm -hmm. we were able to find a way that it was a win-win and really a win-win-win because the audience was all going to be taking away a copy of the book. So I, I definitely can say from personal experience, it's a great a great tool to have in your toolbox. It is. And I can remember being an audience member and not understanding why I got the book, but those (laughs) books being some of the best books I've ever gotten when I was in the corporate world. Selling with Noble Purpose was one of the books I got that way. And I was like, this is an amazing book. I can't believe they gave it to us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, and it's funny too, with a smaller audience, uh, Last year, I did this, and when the organizers decided to give the book at the end of my talk, and it was like an Oprah moment. It was like, you get a book, and you get a book, and it's like there was so much excitement around that. So as the speaker and author, like talk about filling your tank. It was um, a really good paycheck of the heart as well. So I Oh, I love that. that phrase, paycheck of the heart. That's fantastic. Yes. yes. 
Well, as we get ready to wrap up, April, is there any last words of encouragement that you would have for that just on the cusp of making the decision to to move forward and get their ideas out of their head onto paper and out into the world or the new author? Words of encouragement that you would share. 100%. I do. And they're going to sound odd at first. Uh, No one writes a good book initially. And it's important to know that because it is that pressure that you want what magnificent thing you have in your head to come out on paper that will keep you sometimes from pulling the trigger. No matter who you are, that first draft is a great starting point for negotiation. And personally, I went through three drafts of my book. And on the first one, I wasn't ashamed to have anyone read it. And by the last one, I really liked the book. I felt proud of what it was. So if you can remove that pressure from yourself and understand that the very first draft is just going to be your foundation and it's only going to get better and better as you edit it, sometimes that'll allow people to move forward when they feel frozen in that decision. I love that. That is pure gold. Thank you so much. April, how can people stay in touch with you? Where can they find the book? Where can they find you? Absolutely. So my website, drivenoutcomes.com, the the book is there. It's also on Amazon and, and any booksellers that you reach out to, Audible, those sorts of things. And you can reach out to me on my website. And I'm also very active on LinkedIn and Instagram. If you'd like to connect with me there, I answer everybody personally. Perfect. And we'll put all those links in the show notes. Thank you for taking time and being so genuine and generous with your information and time today. Oh, it's been my honor. Thank you, Lynette. That's a wrap for this week's episode. We can't wait to hear how you put what you learned today into action. Remember, the journey from book idea to bestseller and beyond is within your reach. Keep writing, keep learning, and keep pushing forward on your path to becoming the published author you aspire to be. And for more tips and encouragement to support you on the journey, follow us on Instagram at at SheGetsPublished. On behalf of your host, Lynette Pottle, thanks for being a part of the She Gets Published community. See you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.